0: Welcome. You're listening to the Leading Hope Podcast. My name is VJ Williams. Thank you for joining us today and taking time out of your day to become a better leader. If you're new, welcome. We're so glad you're here. We release a new episode every Wednesday. Easiest way to remember that is to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Get that downloaded every week and also share this with a friend on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. And also please rate and review or both on Apple Podcast. A few extra minutes will absolutely Help get this podcast in the hands of so many more leaders just like you. And uh, man, uh, visit leadinghope.online uh, to get updates and find out more about the Leading Hope community. Uh, we're going to continue today while Kevin enjoys his vacation, well deserved, getting the rest that he needs. Um, we're going to continue pulling from the archives from the episodes that you said were your favorite. Uh, and today we're going back to September 14th, 2022 episode 144 pace of change this is what we talked about we talked about when you're in the midst of change you're not just dealing with the change the communication of the change but also being aware of leading in terms of that pace of change so let's get into it right now episode 144 here we go 144 the title is pace of change pace of change i know what you're doing here
1: (laughs) Wait, what am I doing? I don't don't know what I'm doing.
0: Change of pace, pace of change.
1: (laughs) That is what I'm doing. That's what you're doing. Okay. All right. Here we go. So, uh, so much is written, talked about, studied on change management. And I want to zero in today just on one piece of that that I think is so important. And that is looking clearly just at the timing, the pace of change. And I may have shared this in an episode before I had a friend who was a pastor years ago, he shared with a group and his statement was, he said, there's one of two options and he had just shared like a whole bunch of things he had just done in his church. And I, and I did this and I let go of them. And I switched that and I changed this policy and he ended this whole talk and he goes, Hey, there's one of two options. Either you don't know what's wrong in your organization, for him, church. You don't know what's wrong in your church. Or two, you're too scared to deal with it. And uh, I'm sitting in this circle with all these pastors listening, and I'm thinking, oh, shoot. Like, if some of them hear this, they're going to go back to their churches, and they're going to start fires that they cannot put out. <laughs> and so I tried to, like, really kindly, respectfully go, uh, there's a there's a third option. Okay. Um, that is, you know what's wrong you have the courage to deal with it, but it's not time. Yeah, that timing, pace matters. And uh, when we went through uh, the whole name change process at Be Hope, yeah, we were we had an accelerated timeline because of planting campuses that very very much rushed us. But it was interesting when it got to the point of a vote in our church board that we were going to change the name from Beaver Creek Nazarene to Be Hope. Uh, we actually had two people who will not be named. Uh, but two people who voted no. And I remember looking at me and being like, why? Like, we acknowledge these are all the things that need to be done. This is why it needs to happen. This is the best option. And the statement was, I just didn't like the process. I didn't like the speed of the process. Right. Which I want to acknowledge how frustrating that was to me <laughs> in the moment. Shout out to those. But I but I understood it. The right. idea that there is a proper pace to change. And so today, I want to give you three ideas on that, I- that sense of, hey, what is a proper pacing, whatever change you're in, whether it's within your organization, whether you're brand new, or you've been there for years, just three ideas to kind of keep front and center when it comes to pace of change. So the first idea is this, don't ask someone to let go of something until they can hold on to something else. Don't ask someone to let go of something until they can take hold of something else and uh, view it as, um, like if, if you're on a train, they've got the rails that you can hang on to. You don't let go of the previous one, unless if you have phenomenal balance. But if you're my children, what I tell them is don't let go of the previous one until you can take hold of the next one. On a stupid example, uh, I had a friend in high school who was uh, dating this girl and he didn't like her anymore. And it was like this sense of, well, this obviously isn't going well. Are you going to break up? And he said, yeah, I'd like to see if I could find someone who I'm interested in before I break up with him. I am not giving this as an example that you should replicate. I want to be clear on. And I'm not making any statements on the character of my friend in that moment as like, <laughs> hey, go and do likewise. This is what I want you to hear is that as individuals, we do not like to live in ambiguity. We, you, do not like to live <laughs> in uncertainty. Like you just, that's just not, you're like, yeah, this will be awesome. Hey, uh, your boss is leaving. We have no idea when a new boss will come and who we're going to replace your current boss with. Awesome. Yeah. That's exactly what I was hoping for. So, so we acknowledge that personally. We don't like to not know what is happening, to not be clear on what's taking place. And yet oftentimes in leadership, we ask people to let go of something before we invite them, before they're holding on to the next thing. And I would say it is when you're communicating change, you're not communicating what they're changing from so much as you're communicating what we're changing to. We are always emphasizing the direction of the thing we're taking hold of, not the thing that we're letting go of. And um, another pastor friend illustration is I had very early on when I became a pastor, I had a guy who was kind of mentoring me in some things. I know like you people mentor you in the areas of their strengths, but you also become aware of the areas of their weakness at the same time. No one should mentor you in all things. Cause no one's strong in all things. That's just kind of this bonus content right now. <laughs> so he's just mentoring me on some stuff And their church was going through a process of change. And one of the first times we sat down together and had coffee and I was like, well, how's it going at your, how's it going at the church that you're at? And he goes, well, I just told everyone Sunday to say like, Hey, if you want to get off the bus, this is the time. Okay. Like we're going somewhere. If you want to get off the bus, this is the time. And I met with him once a month for the next five months. And every time I met with him, I'd say, how's it going? He'd say, well, I just told the church again this Sunday. If you want to get off the bus, now's the time. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I got to tell you, time four, I'm going, is there anyone left on the bus? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there was no vision on the other side. So acknowledge how you want to be led. Don't ask someone to let go of something until they're already holding on to the next thing. Now, the second idea, we'll take that concept just a little bit deeper and that is this, you need to be more focused on culture than systems. You need to be more focused on what we value, what we are emotionally tied to, than the way in which we do things, okay? So culture, values, systems is process and how we get things done. And I I think what most people don't understand is that you can always be working in the process of change even if you're not changing anything on the surface even if nothing functional about how we get things done changes you can still be working on the process because you're shifting what we value so like real simply you go well how do we shift what we value well what stories do you tell who are the heroes in your organization who do you continuously point to and say this is what what do you celebrate What do you discourage? And so if I could give like a really easy example, I am like gung ho as emphatic as I could be on the importance of serving in the church. I think it is the most important thing for not just impact in the community, but your own personal spiritual development. We could talk for hours about how important I believe it is. And I believe, especially for young people, it's the most significant factor for whether they will continue their faith in adulthood versus dropout because we get people involved in the activity in the church, but never the mission of the church. But I will just, I will just end that conversation there. I don't come out originally, like say first getting to Highland Park, I don't come out and go hey all of you need to serve more important than anything else what anyone is doing all of you just need to serve no i i share stories i i highlight volunteers who are making an incredible impact yeah we continuously so what we're doing is we're saying hey the change is happening but before it's happening in how we do things it's changing and it's shifting in what we value in what we're focused on so First idea, don't ask someone to let go of something until they can hold on to something else. And the work that's happening beneath that service is the second idea today. Be more focused on culture than systems. Now, here's your last piece. And this is the part where it really gets in to pace of change, is you need to use cultural evidence to determine systems pace. As you are helping people take hold of new values, as you are helping shift that culture, you use the evidence of the culture to give you cues on how quickly you should change how you get things done or simply the systems that you use. So I got a cue the other day. Uh, we were in a meeting and uh, someone on our team said, based upon everything that we're doing and everything that you're saying, um, I think we should, I I believe you're saying that we should no longer use the term volunteer. So that's how they colored it. As I feel like you're saying we shouldn't use the term volunteer because everyone who contributes to the mission in our church is making a significant impact and we should see everybody's contributions more equal whether they're staff or not. Yeah. But their statement was, I believe you're saying that we shouldn't use the term volunteer. I have never said that. Right. I never said that, but that is exactly what I believe. Right. And when the person said that in that moment, that's exactly what I thought. I thought, Q, this is taking hold a little faster than I thought it was. Right. So I can speed up my pace on some of these other things, because now I have evidence that we're taking hold it's of good. the values. It's good. And so that's what you need to be mindful of at all times, is you need to be able to go like, hey, where are we culturally? and don't determine the pace of your systems based upon i I think some people run into this thing where they go like well i'm going to predetermine the pace of change that's stupid like you don't know how people are going to respond you don't know how you're going to respond why would you think you know how everyone's going to respond to these proposed changes you know we're going to slow roll these things no The pace of change can be happening at all times when you understand that something is taking place beneath the surface and something is taking place above the surface, culture and systems. And when you use those cues of what's taking place beneath the surface, letting people take hold of the new values before you change how you do things done, you can perform at the proper pace of change and not just do it how you think it should be done.
0: It's so good, man. Um, pace of change. It's, it's its funny to say it that way because uh, it's not how we normally want to say it, but you're exactly right. Uh, I want to ask a question on each of your examples, the kay. three that you've uh, outlined and, and, and really kind of highlighted here. Uh, the first one you said, don't ask someone to let go of something until they can hold on to something else. Um the obvious example that you gave is the train and we see it in the movies. Yep. And it makes sense, right? On the surface level, it makes sense, uh fast train, it's yep. running off the cliff, don't let go of that one until you can get off the exactly. other one. Exactly. Let's talk about a little bit of not so obvious. Okay. Like um sometimes uh, how do you deal with uh that when you know that the thing that they're holding on to is dead?
1: Oh, that's a great point. Thank you oh that's good um if if what they're holding on to is dead if they're holding on to it they don't know it's dead okay you don't help someone transition by uh i would say it is like criticizing someone's values is never a great move That's great if you're seeking to help transition them to a new season that's
0: good so if you're willing to put in the time and the work to move them past the dead thing. How do we, what what what's some of the things that yeah, we well, can Well, could I just say like yeah. this
1: like yeah. um we're not going to get into this yeah. but right before we start a recording, you shared the story of a post hour-long phone call with a friend yeah helping them see something different yeah and what she said is she yeah. said I knew what they needed to hear right away but I had to take time to lead them into it right so what like literally it's you fair. just described pace of change yeah. before we ever got here you that's can't fair. just go this is wrong yeah you have to help see them see it through their own eyes that's
0: that's powerful that's a great uh, I didn't even realize I did it so <laughs> that's why you're that's why it's leading hope with Kevin Jack. <laughs> uh number two uh be more focused on cultural uh than culture than systems um i think it's that's an obvious statement i think but it's so hard yeah uh well i it's it's not an obvious statement i think people want to go to systems because it's something you can put a finger on
1: yeah I, i think most people honestly think that all change happens in in what you can see yeah yeah, and they yeah. like I know this is dumb, but sorry, it's not dumb. It's cheesy because it's overused. Like the iceberg is ninety percent beneath the surface. Yep, like that's the reality. Yep. It is the same thing with change. It is ninety percent beneath the surface values, culture, work, and then it makes its way out on top.
0: Yeah, that's good. Uh, what have what have you seen a serving culture reproduce?
1: a serving culture. Yeah. Because reproduce. you said that you gave the, example Oh, that's the big thing that I, I don't know if you want to start me on that train again, but I'll, I'll say it like this. I like, trains. I've seen in churches, <laughs> uh, a serving culture reproduce a sense of selflessness. Yeah. Which can lead to so many other things because people aren't preoccupied with preferences because the thing that they're already attached to is what they contribute and not what they can receive. That's good. That's powerful.
0: Um, The last thing uh you said was use cultural evidence to determine systems pace and uh this is where it gets fun i think this is this is the one because it's the the one that we have to it never goes away yeah right it never it's not like there's a check mark right you don't go oh yeah i got the evidence i'm good because the evidence changes as you flow and ebbs and flows and people's different lives uh, life changes and all these things I think for me, I just wrote a note here. I'm looking at my notes here as you were talking, cultural evidence or your cultural cue equals what? Like what is it that that you're looking for yeah. Obviously, the, the example that you gave was they used the word that we don't think you want us to say volunteer. You never said that, but that's exactly what you wanted. That's one cue. What are some other things that leaders can look at as they're moving across the, yeah. their, their landscape?
1: So if I could maybe define that a little more clear is to say the cue is any indication that they're taking hold of the new value and starting to let go of the old value. Yeah. So that cue was, oh, you're taking hold of this serving culture. You're starting to see what it can become. Um, An easy one, this is like church plant circles, is you go, your church is not ready to plant a campus until you start seeing it functions easiest in groups, is the easiest to see. But the idea is until you see existing groups of friends reproduce with new leaders to reach new people. So, what the problem that most churches want to make is they want to make this big change and go, we're going to start a campus to reach new people. But if your people aren't already leaving their existing relationships, aren't already saying, I love you, but there's people who need to be reached for the gospel. And so I'm going to go over here. I'm going to, I'm going to train this person up to still lead here. So there's not a vacuum and I'm going to go over here and lead here. If that's not already happening, the church plan is doomed to fail. Yeah. Like, because the value is not there.
0: That's good. Um, just i want to ask this question just from the other side of it because uh i think a lot of people who listen uh would maybe ask this question or at least want to attempt to ask this question in certain instances is what are what are there's the the cultural evidence is there false evidence that someone needs to look for that says oh i think i need to act on this because this is cultural but it's not it's false it's not actually um it's masquerading as evidence but it's not really evidence is there anything that we as leaders should be looking for in the cultures that we're leading to make sure
1: that that we're actually the thing is the thing i mean I, i would just put it uh the question is specific i would just put it broader and just to say it as like the you need to be aware of what values your people need to hold to step into the future that you want to step into, and then you need to be aware of what are the signals of those values.
0: Yeah, is that helpful? Oh yeah, yeah, yep. Cool. That's uh, all we got time for today. Once you wrap this up, one four four pace of change.
1: Yeah, I, I want. I really want people to know today to say, no matter where you are, no matter how you're leading in change, that. The process of change is happening at all times. The pace of change is something that varies based upon the people that you're leading and the values that they're currently holding on. So don't assume that delaying a decision is a wrong decision because it might need to be delayed if the value is not already held
0: that's awesome thank you so much for joining us today if you're new to the podcast or haven't yet subscribed and mean the world to us if you did that now also post about it rate and review or both you won't believe how that helps get this podcast in the hands of so many more leaders just like you love hearing your stories of how the podcast is working in your life or business if you have a story visit leadinghope.online and send that to us we would love to hear from you and remember. Everyone Everyone. has 20 minutes to learn to become a better leader. Make it count.